man that is one of our delegates, Delegate Jesse Pippi. Good afternoon, Delegate. Welcome home. Thank you, and uh, good afternoon uh, to you guys. Uh, uh, glad I'm back. Amen. Sure. Delegate Pippi, uh, before we get into the hot and heavy issues uh, from Annapolis, uh, looking back at the session, this one was, do you think it was uh, kind of a return to pre-pandemic days? Uh, the last couple of sessions have been uh, difficult. But this one seemed to be uh, somewhat at least in decor, getting back to normal. We're getting closer. Uh, you know, the first part of session was also virtual um, all of our committee hearings were virtual, but um, there were some elements of getting back to normal. Um, you know, we, we were able to, the public was able to, to come back into the buildings. We were able to meet with folks. We did have some meetings in person. Uh, we're getting there, but we're not, we're not there yet, unfortunately. All right. Well, uh, a lot of big bills, but this one kind of uh, under the radar, but uh, Tim did bring it up. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to uh, agree all your votes because uh, I'm a little left of center. Tim is way right of center. <laughs> On this deal with uh, increasing the sheriff's salary, did you, did you witness uh, exactly what happened? I did. I did. It was uh, unbelievable uh, what happened. Um, so just to give kind of some backdrop here, uh, this past year, the delegation has uh, worked with uh, local officials um, and uh, state officials on increasing various salaries. I mean, you know, what tends to happen, particularly for constitutional positions like the sheriff's office or the state's attorney, uh, the, the salaries are set by the delegation, uh, which is essentially a state law. And uh, as you both know, with inflation and other factors, you know, these salaries have to be increased um, every so many years uh, to keep up with inflation and, and, and other things. Uh, it's usually supposed to be non-controversial. Um, for example, in Frederick County, uh, it's a split county between Republicans and Democrats. And we actually unanimously voted to increase the sheriff's salary um, to kind of keep it in line with other sheriff salaries throughout the state. I mean, we had a very robust discussion about it. Um, I think uh, some of the Republican members had a higher salary range in mind, but we ended up coming to a compromise uh, with our delegation members to increase the sheriff's salary, um, you know, that, that they were good with. Again, it's a, it's a split county, so we have to all agree to, to move it forward because there's four Democrats, four Republicans. If we don't have a majority, it doesn't move forward. And so, again, we came to an agreement, a bipartisan agreement. We, we you know, submitted the legislation to the General Assembly, and we thought all was well. Uh, what happened last week is that a Democrat from Prince George's County stood up on the floor when the sheriff's salary came to the floor in the House, and he special ordered it. Uh, which is a term for saying, hey, I have some issues with this bill. Can I request that it goes on to a different calendar and not get voted on today? That's what he did. So when that happened, I stood up uh, along with uh, Delegate Cox to question why they were removing this bill from being voted on. That's what a special order does is it removes it. Now, they said, oh, we have some questions about it. But they didn't have any questions about it. They just wanted to move it. And what they did is they moved it to a calendar on sine die. 
and sine die is a an old war, word for uh, session ends, session dies, right? So if legislation doesn't pass by midnight on sine die, it dies. It doesn't get implemented into law. So clearly there was something going on to where they moved the sheriff's bill to a calendar on the last day of session when they could have just passed it on Friday. So anyway, so we moved past that uh, behind the scenes. You know, we had been working with our Democrat colleagues to find out what's going on with the bill, you know, inquiring to get it back onto a calendar, et cetera. And um, around 11 o'clock p.m. yesterday, I texted the speaker's chief of staff to say, hey, where's the sheriff's bill? Because we had not seen it. And um, at 11.20, the bill popped up on the floor. Um, the gentleman that special ordered it originally said his questions had been answered. But the gentleman right next to him, another delegate from Prince George's, stood up and said, I'd like to special this bill again for an hour. Mind you, there are only 40 minutes left in the entire General Assembly. So you see how disrespectful that was. Yes. And then another delegate stood up from Prince George's County. The speaker said, basically, it's a local bill. We're going to vote on it. And this other delegate from Prince George's County stood up and gave a, what I thought was a highly disrespectful and inaccurate speech that disparaged the sheriff, said that he had conducted unconstitutional stops and arrested, you know, immigrants and all, all other sorts of, um, I thought, inappropriate and non-factual statements. And enough Democrats voted red to kill a bipartisan local bill that had already passed the Senate, that had already passed both committees, in an unprecedented move to kill a bill that increases the salary for a position, not an individual, a position. And I stood up immediately and said that, you know, there's an election we don't know who's going to be in that office next year. I, it just was unbelievable that they would do that, and they did it for one reason and one reason only, and that was to to punish our sheriff. And uh, it was just uh, it was egregious. It was unbelievable. What? Um, no, uh, no one from the Frederick delegation voted against it. Correct. Correct. So um, the Speaker Delegate of the House, Graham, who is uh, no conservative. Um, supported the bill so because they knew because here's what happens we have 24 jurisdictions throughout our state plus the city of baltimore and there's what's called local courtesy right you know if all of the legislators from the city of baltimore get together and they vote on a project that is only in baltimore we vote for it because it's their jurisdiction it's their elected leadership, and it does not affect Frederick County. Correct. You know, it's called local jurisdiction. If it impacts Frederick, then we may have something to say about it. Correct. But for all of the Democrats, and it's not all of them, because some of them did vote for the sheriff increase, but for them to do that for a local position in Frederick was pretty unprecedented. That never really happens. Um, matter of fact, bills that go to the floor don't die. Right. When a bill goes to the floor, it means that it's passed all the committees, 
it's got enough support. It's very rare that a bill ever goes to the floor. Matter of fact, the last time a bill died on the floor, I believe, was death with dignity. Um, when they were voting to do uh, assisted suicide, and it died by one vote in the Senate. So to think that our local sheriff's bill was so important, yeah. just like death with – it's just unbelievable. And they did it you know, to send a message, um, but it was disrespectful. Uh, it was inappropriate. Um, and I'm just – I'm very disappointed because, you know, we have differences on the floor all the time. But sure. Or something like that to be personal and to be and to so be disrespectful to my jurisdiction Correct. Is, is unbelievable. And disrespectful so. to you and the other members of the delegation. This was a slap exactly. in the face to you all. Because it, it was. It was unanimous. This is, this yeah, is, it was. That's exactly right. Is there a way that, obviously, there's nothing to be done this year, but I guess the next session it can be brought up again, obviously. Of course, it won't affect the incumbent sheriff unless you make it retroactive. I don't know how you can do that, but uh, I guess anything's possible. It just seems to me like it, it is, you know, this is ignorance leading ignorance in PG County. And uh, I, I just can't believe that people are that, well, I do believe they're that stupid. And, 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 well, it, and it's, that it's things. Go ahead, sir. It's very discourteous, um, and you're absolutely correct. It is disrespectful to to, to our delegation and correct. to our members, and it's disrespectful to the Democrat members of our delegation. Yes, who also voted for that increase. Um, but you know, with this whole cancel culture, with this whole anti-police movement, I think it was the combination of all these things. And we have a general assembly that is more liberal um, than it's ever been. And we have individuals on there because, like you mentioned earlier, there were a lot of senior Democrats in leadership that voted for it. Right. It was all these new, young, and I hate to use the word woke, but these people put their personal issues above the dignity of the House. Correct. Is what they did. And I have voted for a whole bunch of local bills for other jurisdictions that I disagree with. Um, but that's their jurisdiction, and I and I respect that. Um, you know, this was not a statewide bill. It only impacted one position out of the tens of thousands of government positions in the state. Yes. And they would burn, you know, burn a vote just to to send a message. You know, it's it's just it's just disappointing. Giving us a little breakdown update, <laughs> uh, some facts of what happened yesterday. As Annapolis shut down last night, hallelujah, Delegate uh, Pippi, um Again, you said you've never seen this lack of courtesy and respect before in your tenure down there, and uh, I don't know that it's going to get any better in the coming season. What, what say you? You know, I, I, I hope it does. Um, I want to say, in previous terms, there were more moderates. Um, you know, and you can say moderates on both sides, but they're. There was more legislators working together, putting partisan ideology aside and trying to find compromise. Um, you know, a lot of the issues we deal with are are kind of non-political in nature. Um, you know, those don't get the most attention, uh, but I, I miss that. I, and it really seems that there's just been kind of a breakdown uh, in communication. And, you know, I had mentioned this to some other folks, but this year was supposed to be a somewhat non-controversial year. 
Uh, it's the final year in a four-year term. It's an election year. And instead, you know, they ram through several bills um, that, that are tough to swallow. And I, I don't think people have the full understanding of what some of these bills are going to do. Um, can we, can, can, can end, I, uh, Delegate Pippi, can, can we start with one that's from the first part of what you said, and there was actually some bipartisan agreement. What about tax cuts for, for most retirees in uh, uh, Maryland? What exactly is this going to mean for people who are retirees or are thinking about it or getting there? Well, sure. So we, we started off uh, realizing a nearly $7.5 billion surplus. Um, and for, 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 tho- for folks out there listening, what that basically means is that the government has $7.5 billion too much of your money. That's what that means. We've collected that much more than what is necessary to operate the government. And so there was, there was going to be tax cuts because or credits to give some of that money or the majority of that money back. And all of those proposals were supported, uh, but I think by both Republicans and Democrats, which is a good thing. And I'll give credit where credit is due. One of those proposals is, is tax credits for seniors. So any Marylander that is 65 or older over the next five years, there will be some tax relief, which is a great thing at retaining and helping out seniors you know, in our state. So that is a good thing. And that goes towards some of that middle of the road things we can all support and agree with each other on. How, how will that work? Will they just be, will it be a jump through the hoops or will it be automatically? No. So I think how it's broken down, and again, I wasn't on the appropriations committee, but there is a limit to where if you're filing jointly, it's up to a certain amount, or and I think it's 150 or so. And if you're filing, uh, and this is retirement income, and then if you're filing as a single individual, it, it might it's 100 and something. But under those limits, um, there's an additional either deduction or credit uh, that you will get, um, and and you'll get that each year for the next you know so many years, and it adds up to about 1.8 billion dollars. So, you know, if you take all of the you know seniors in our state you know, divide that by, you know, $1.8 billion, um, there, there'll be some relief. Um, so that, that's a good thing. I mean, it's, it's a start. We also did the, the tax, uh, the gas tax relief for a month. Uh, we wanted 90 days, sure. but we compromised and got a month. Um, so they're, they're trying. Uh, there's no question that there's a, there's a few things that we did to help out in that area. Um, but to, to flip it on you, just when we're starting to feel good about offering Marylanders some relief, they introduce um, the one and only paid family leave, paid family medical leave, which is a one-of-a-kind thing. I, other, there are 10 other states that have something similar, but Maryland is the only state now that will require every employer in our state that has 15 or more employees to pay into a state-run fund, including requiring their employees to pay into a state-run fund in case one of their employees has to take 12 weeks of paid leave. And you say, well, what's wrong with that? It sounds great. I mean, you know, if you have a, a, a baby or, or somebody gets sick, but the problem is, is you've added a new payroll tax that every employer that has 15 or more employees, maybe WFMD has 15 or more employees, I'm not sure, but 
you are now going to well, be until forced. today. <laughs> we'll probably go down to 14 yeah, today. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to cut it down to 14. Uh, sorry, Frank. You'll have to work. <laughs> Thanks, Delegate. Just, just kidding. Um, so the issue is that people are like, yeah, that's a great idea, but come October of next year, when this kicks in, you are going to look at your paycheck, and there's going to be a deduction, and it's going to be between 500 and and $1,000 a year that the vast majority of Marylanders is, are going to lose. And, and they're like, well, I, don't, I wouldn't agree to that. Well, too bad. It's a law did. now. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue is that they shoved that legislation, landmark legislation, through after making everybody feel good about a few little tax credits. You know, like 90 days of, or I'm sorry, 30 days of, of gas tax relief, some senior tax credits, and then they shove this thing through. That's a big deal. And, and the governor vetoed it. Yeah. And then they overrode his veto, you know, with ease. So, um, you know, it's like you take a, a step forward and then and then two steps back. I, 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 sometimes, I sometimes wondered... Don't these delegates know real people? I mean, don't these senators know real people? I mean, we're not talking, uh, you know, I, I guess everybody down there is a multimillionaire, but uh, don't they know the real working Joe or Jill that's out here that's, uh, you know, right now having trouble paying both, you know, for their food and their gas and their medical? Don't they know these people? Well, you know what's even crazier uh, is that, so let's say you're a company that has 15 employees, and, and an owner, right? right? So everyone gets together and they all say, you know what, we appreciate the idea, but none of us want to participate. It's unanimous. doesn't matter. There's no opt-out. It is mandated by law that everyone participates, and they're sending the money to the state. Mm-hmm. You know, so all your listeners out there, October 2023, there will be money coming out of your check, and all your listeners that are employers – Come October 2023, if you have 15 or more employers, there will be money, you know, coming out of your bottom line to go into this fund. And, you know, look, we want to encourage people to offer these types of programs to help out employees, but to mandate it, that's a, that's a different conversation. Well, that expect uh, that's also government employees, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we have a whole lot of, yes, we do. Um, you know, state, and there's, there's a whole bunch of, yeah, it's a, it's a big Deal. And we're the only state, I believe, in America that requires both employers and employees to contribute to this. Well, uh, Delegate, I hope you can call back in the near future because we do have, you know, to talk more about family leave, abortion, climate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, some pretty big stuff happened in Annapolis this year. It's a lot to get into. <laughs> 